Welcome to the QEH podcast, the place to find out more about the school and to connect with staff, pupils and parents at a deeper level. Each week we'll be interviewing people within the QEH community, asking them questions and spending time understanding them and more about the school. So let's get into this episode of the QEH podcast. In this episode of the QEH podcast, we're talking to James Kelly, the head of Outdoor Pursuits. James will tell us all about the many hats he wears at the school, from maths teacher to ex-head of the year, and he'll also be telling us about his journey before settling at QEH. But we also get to find out all about Outdoor Pursuits at QEH, how it works alongside the DOE, the kind of activities students get involved in, and the benefits this has beyond just physical exercise. So come with me now as we talk to head of Outdoor Pursuits, James Kelly. James, thank you for being here and welcome to this episode of the podcast. How are you doing today? Hi, yeah. Hi, Simon. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, good. It's a typical Tuesday at school, having just been off the back of one of our expeditions over the weekend. And now we're in and been teaching maths this morning, with sixth form classes, my year 10 class and year 8 class. Um, just had a lovely meal provided by Holroyd Howe Dining Hall and then I'm off hiking this afternoon with our year 10 and 9 and 10 games afternoon. Awesome. Now I'm really interested that you said this because in a moment we're going to be talking about outdoor pursuits but one of the things you just mentioned is that earlier today you were teaching maths. What's that all about then? So my, my full-time job is a maths teacher mm-hmm. and I've been at QEH, this is my ninth year now so for six years had just been kind of helping the outdoor pursuits department and obviously full-time role as a maths teacher. I then three, well, two and a half years ago took over as head of outdoor pursuits. So I now run the outdoor pursuits department, but also I'm still teaching kind of just over half a timetable of maths as well. Gosh, right. So wearing many hats. Yeah. And actually one of the things that I discover about teaching staff in, in QEH, in actually, to be fair, in many schools, is that whenever people who work in a school put on one new hat for an extra part of their job that they're going to be doing they seldom take off the previous hat so it's interesting that here you are as a maths teacher and also head of outdoor pursuits yeah that's yeah that's correct and I I think it's that involved just that love of those different areas and I've also um, previously been a head of year Um, so I was a maths teacher head of year eight and head of outdoor pursuits for a year um, but that, that was slightly, that was a bit too much to juggle. So um, we dropped one and the, the outdoor pursuits has, has come on from there. So very busy life then at QEH and I can see why you enjoyed that lunch. Uh, you mentioned Holroyd Howe, they always provide good lunches, don't they? Yeah, oh yeah, it was fantastic today, yeah. So macaroni, cheese, barbecue sauce, nice bit of salad on the side. So no, lovely lunch today. Keep me going, ready for this afternoon. James, steady now, I'm getting hungry, I'm getting hungry. Um, now you mentioned that you've been at QEH for nine years. Tell us what were you were doing before your time at QEH then? So before I started at QEH, well, I finished university. I went and worked in London for a little while as a recruitment consultant, but it wasn't for me uh, let's put it that way I didn't enjoy my time at all having always thought I would go and work in the city um, yeah a few months of it I'd, ha- I'd had enough so I then actually I was living still living back at home um, with my parents and I started my own gardening business which I did okay. for around six months um, kind of just you know picking up work here and there um, and saving up because I was then due to 
be getting married another six, you know, five, six months after that. Um, and so, yeah, worked through. And then we, I got married to my wife, Lucy, and we moved. She's from around Bristol, so we moved up to Stroud. And I carried on gardening for a little while. And then I'd, I'd always thought about teaching. I kind of wanted to try some different things before I went into it. And then I got a place on the Bristol PGCE, Maths PGCE course, and never looked back, really. The QEH was my second placement. And the job came up while I was, I was here as a student teacher and applied for it and, and got it. And that, and that was, yeah, that was 2013. <laughs> wow. Gosh. Now, it's interesting that you say you worked in the city in recruitment and now here you are in Bristol working in a school. Two very different environments kind of strikes me as a parallel between uh, doing, you know, teaching maths and also being head of outdoor pursuits. Do you feel that having worked in the city in recruitment has put you in a better position now that you're working in a school? Oh, definitely. I, it's not even that it was recruitment. I think it was just doing something that you didn't actually enjoy because it makes has made me realize how much I enjoy my job now and I've done some yeah some pretty awful boring mundane jobs over my you know over the years but kind of those years between 16 and then going into teaching at age 23 all those things have actually have maybe not necessarily shaped what I do at school but certainly shaped my attitude towards kind of life at school and at QEH in particular, because I certainly feel that, you know, the more I put in, I certainly, the more I get out of it. Okay, well, let's jump into outdoor pursuits then, because after all, that's kind of what we're here to talk about, as well as talking about you and your backstory. But I'd love to understand, for people who have heard the phrase outdoor pursuits, clearly it's something outdoors, but what's actually involved? What are the different elements involved in outdoor pursuits? Let's imagine that that, that I'm a parent, I've just stepped into the world of QEH, I don't know what Outdoor Pursuits is. Break it down for me, tell me what's involved. So, I mean, there's a, a huge kind of structure to it at, at QEH and lots of different branches under that kind of umbrella net term. So lower down the school, it very much is part of our enrichment programme. So myself and one of the other teachers, Mr Waldron, we run our bushcraft afternoons as part of enrichment for year seven and eight, which involve uh, shelter building and fire lighting. We're hoping to next year kind of extend that programme um, and bring in some more kind of nature, kind of out in the, in the British woodland and recognising different species and foraging and that type of thing and bring in some orienteering as well with that. So that's kind of that branch of it lower down the school. And then the boys step up into year nine and that's where our DV programme begins. So the Duke of Edinburgh's award, which I mean, lots of people have heard of. Lots of people, I think, just see this image of kind of a small child carrying a rucksack that's far too big for them with a million and one saucepans hanging off the side of it. And of course, the, the kind of the camping expedition element of the Duke of Edinburgh Award is a, is a huge part of it. But the students do have to complete three different activities, being a skill. So lots of students will play a musical instrument or they will be maybe learning an additional language at lunchtime through Greek. Or they'll be cooking at home and photographing what they're cooking or they may be be involved in a drama or something like that so it kind of covers that skill area they'll volunteer 
So students, I think the last stat was something like 12,500 hours had been spent across the kind of the last period that D of E measured by QEH students volunteering. Wow. And that could be a whole mixture of volunteering and helping the elderly neighbour. It might be helping at a Cubs group or, uh, you know, a group with younger students involved. In some cases, it's, you know, they're running a club at school for the younger students here as well. And then there's their physical element. So whether that's a team sport or they're running or cycling, that's actually, you know, the, the rucksack on, on the back is the, the image everyone thinks of for D of E. But actually, there's a huge amount that goes into it from the students so that kind of that journey begins in year nine for our students and continues so year nine is the bronze award then in year 10 the silver award we then skip a year with year 11 with the gcses because we've always found that the students have kind of struggled to to manage those demands along with the gcse revision so we then pick up gold in year 12. okay and then tell me more about outdoor pursuits outside of uh, D of E for a second. So, so what else happens apart from D of E then? So then we also have our 10 tours. So for those of you new to kind of, it was something new to me. I moved from the southeast up to Bristol and got involved at QEH and suddenly there was this thing, 10 tours. Oh, sounds, what, what's that all about? And I, I went away on my first weekend to help out down to Dartmoor. And what we effectively do is have teams of six young people completing. It's, it's not a competition, it's run by the army and the army call it the 10 tours challenge. And so groups of six will complete either 35, 45 or 55 miles over the space of, well, 36 hours tops, not even that, it's less than that. It's kind of probably in and around 30 hours they complete that in, which is an unbelievable achievement. But of course, it's run by the army. They run the, the challenge event, which happens in May. But before that, we as a school train all our pupils and kind of go through a selection process in order to pick those teams at the end. Gosh, so that's some serious mileage that they're going to be covering there. Um, how do they decide whether they're going to do 35, 45 or 55? Okay, so the 35 mile category is open to year 10s and then 45 is open to mainly year 12s because there's, there's often an exam clash with year 11s so they aren't able to do the actual event in the, in, the, in the May which is a bit of a shame but they're then 45 in year 12 and 55 in year 13 but there can be some, a little bit of flexibility there between kind of year 12s and 13s. Um, but yeah, huge distances and yeah, my hat goes off really to the students. It's very hard to kind of envisage walking that kind of distance and I think you know, they, they come back in on a Monday morning having spent the weekend and they've covered 30, 40 miles on a training weekend. <laughs> my hat goes off to them. It's, it's yeah, it really is a, yeah, unbelievable experience. And what sort of experiences do they go through, personal experiences I mean, when they're actually going on a walk, on a hike? that kind of distance i mean do they find that you know halfway through it they're ready to give up and do they ever give up you know do they ever get to a point where they just say you know i just don't want to do this anymore oh yeah without doubt so particularly younger lower down in year 10 um when i first launched the kind of the 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 challenge and what's what it's all about we have i would say on average between 40 and 50 students it's kind of putting a sign up and the express an initial interest and we then kind of they start finding out a bit more and the time commitment that's involved and they 
will those numbers dwindle a little bit and we do some in-class classroom training every every Wednesday lunchtime is 10 tours um, and they will then build up to their first walk so they'll just do a day walk on the Mendips in December um, and we take around 35 students and I don't think anyone necessarily on those on those day walks I've never had any in anyway in the past kind of three years of me running it plus the years before where I helped anyone kind of say give up on the walk but they certainly finish the walk and the first that Wednesday back in the classroom they come and they say actually it, it, it's not for me and we build up we build up slowly we then head off to Penny Fan in South Wales in the Brecon Beacons in January for another day walk and then and then on to Exmoor for the first overnight weekend which is in normally the last weekend of January and that's when we you certainly do on the kind of they come down on the Friday evening and set up camp and cook. And for some of them, it's it's the first time they've ever camped out in a tent, um, let alone camping out in January. But yeah, it, it's not. It's certainly not for everyone. And unlike DV, which has this a very inclusive kind of, all the students can sign up and be involved with DV. It's not that um, Ten Tours is exclusive to a certain group at the beginning, but it's very much it's not for the faint-hearted, so to speak. Um, and mm. there will be students who, over the course of the training, do decide that actually it, it's not for them. Mm-hmm. James, how did you get into this in the first place? I mean, are you the kind of person that's always been, you know, a, a lover of outdoor activities? Uh, I would certainly say so. I, interestingly, I didn't do Duke of Edinburgh at my school where I, in the southeast. They offered it, but I didn't. Yeah, I didn't sign up to it. I kind of expressed an initial interest and I didn't do it. We certainly didn't do 10 tours or kind of any of our, any big hiking expeditions. But I grew up kind of in the countryside. I was always out playing in the woods, building dens. As I got, you know, teenage years, I was always in the woods on my bike, always be wanting to camp out in a tent. And I've always enjoyed, you know, my wife and I, and we've got children now, you know, we've always at the weekends made a point of going out for a walk and getting out and getting fresh air. So that that kind of element of it, I've always done. The long distance walking, I, I guess, isn't something that I've, uh, that's a hobby and a, and a love that has developed since being at QEH. Mm, mm. that's good to hear it's good to hear that you're evolving with this as well in that case and also leading the children on through through your your your, your own experiences of it, it being unpacked for you this is really interesting um so what i'd love to know then is what your views are on how children approach outdoor activities and i'm thinking primarily along the lines that the people listening to this may well be parents of children at qeh who may be thinking back to when they were younger and feeling like they were, generally speaking, a generation that was more active outside when they were growing up. And maybe the grandparents of the children at QEH, possibly even more so. Do you feel that children are spending too much time inside? And if so, what should we be doing about it? Um, that's a good question there, Simon. I'm, I think, do I personally believe that children are spending too much time inside? I think the answer would have to be yes. I think we, we are, as a you know, kind of the generation of children now, they do spend a lot more time inside. In some cases, that's a necessity because, you know, I know certainly the academic demands, you do have kind of, we need to be in front of a, a laptop or a computer and to complete work and 
we're in more. How do we change that? I think it, it's one of the biggest things that I find and in my job as you know, head of outdoor pursuits and, and trying to get as many students involved is, is making it fun, making them realise how much fun it is to spend that time out away from it all, away from you know, the screens, away from their, you know, and away from their families, just to get that experience with their friends. That to me is the only way that realistically we, we will get them outside because I think just kind of saying to them, saying to, you know, having children myself and just saying, oh, you know, we're turning the TV off, it doesn't necessarily mean, and making them go out, doesn't mean that they're going to necessarily enjoy it. They've got to want to choose to do it. And I think that's something that we try to do, myself included, but not just myself. There's a, you know, a huge group of staff at QEH who are involved with the Outdoor Pursuits programme. And we all see it as a big part of our job to, to make it enjoyable, to, to chat with the students as we pass them. You know, how are you feeling after the weekend? Oh, are you looking forward to the next one? And, and try and instill that in order to, to get them to come out and, and enjoy the outdoors like we do. And it's certainly something that has, I think is working because the numbers of students that are now involved with Outdoor Pursuits at QEH has, has grown significantly in my time. You know, we've gone from having just about three teams involved with the 10 Tours Challenge and often requiring you know, old boys to come back to compete. We now have this year more teams involved than any other institution in the Southwest, which is, you know, I think a big selling point and a big kind of sign that we are doing things right and we are trying to, you know, we are getting these students out more because I think it's so important. Mm-hmm. And I guess with outdoor pursuits as well, it's one of those things that even as adults, sometimes before we do it, we can think to ourselves, oh, do I want to do that? It's it's warm inside. It's cold outside. I'm comfortable here. I'm going to be uncomfortable outside. But in- inevitably and invariably, after we finish doing that activity, whatever it is, we come back inside and we go, actually, I'm really glad that I did that. Yeah, without a doubt. We, we talk about it as staff a lot. We talk about type two fun. So it's not always fun when you're doing it, when it's, it, it, it's one or two degrees on Exmoor, it's sideways rain, um, it's hammering it down, you're trying to teach the students some navigation, but then we always finish those weekends or sit back that evening and look back and can pick out really fun moments from the day that maybe at the time weren't that fun, but it, it's, yeah, a lot of it was about this type two fun that you look back on it. And that... I think that is it, especially with the the ten tours, um, and also, but also the DOV expedition. We have to remember that for some of our students, them getting out and spending, uh, you know, at bronze two days and a night away, that's a big challenge. That's a big step and a big achievement for them, which they may find very difficult while they're doing it. But certainly, I think, as you say, Simon, you, when you finish and you get back and you look look back that evening, the next day, the next week, the next month, the next year, it's amazing how they kind of, you look back on those those trips where it took you away from something you were comfortable doing and making you kind of feel that sense of achievement. I like that. And type two fun, I think that's a phrase I'm going to remember from now on. I, I, I never realised that you can actually give that a term, but there we go, type two fun. Uh, James, we need to bring this to a close in a minute, but if anyone's heard anything and wants to find out more about Outdoor Pursuits, how could they connect with you on this? Well, so we have our QEH Expeditions Instagram page, 
and QEH Expeditions Facebook page, where I'm always updating every weekend that we're away or any kind of big outdoor pursuits program, you know, something that's going on in school, it's always being posted on there. Or of course, otherwise, you'd email me at QEH and I can, I'm happy to answer any further questions. And James, what is your email address there at QEH? So it's jkelly at qehbristol.co.uk. Perfect. Okay, well, thanks very much for that. And thank you for your time. Thanks for being here and explaining to us today what Outdoor Pursuits is all about and a bit about your backstory as well. It's been really good to hear. But thanks very much for your time. Great. Thanks for having me, Simon. That's it for this episode. To find out more, check out the school website, qehbristol.co.uk. Now, our next episode is coming out soon. So in the meantime, thank you for listening to this one. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you can stay in touch. And we look forward to next time. Bye for now.